ultimate deck podcast need a show about outdoor living this is where it's at with your host shane chapman and way Laurent. thank you for tuning in now let the show begin yeah, yeah the ultimate deck podcast let's go welcome to the ultimate deck podcast bryce and shane here with you today Woo-hoo-hoo. episode 192 we are closing in on 200 in short time here. It'll be a party. We've we've planned about planning. We've planned about planning. We've planned to plan right. something for the 200. I don't, I don't we planned to plan the plan. planning. Just plan to plan. <laughs> plan. I think you need to say plan a couple more times. Plan. Plan. So, I don't know if anyone wants to pay us copious amounts of money and uh, do stuff on 200, we're w- listening. So, what kind of stuff? And what kind of money? <laughs> We're talking about here, uh, Bryce and Shane. We're gonna get to the. We're gonna try to argue here again. We tried to argue try last again. week, and it didn't go. Get some better topics. So this week. hot, but okay. Nothing beats a good argument. So. Did you, speaking of weird, crazy things, did you? You guys know who Alex Jones is? Yeah. Yeah. Did you see the trial that he's been in? Yeah, a little bit. Did you see that thing that his lawyers did? I don't know about that. They didn't, or they like didn't keep oh, his phone. They sent the like the entire yeah. record yeah. to the other lawyer by accident. Yeah. Whoops. And then and then they were like, nah, it's okay. Even though there was a bunch of lies in it. So it was funny. It is what it is. But <laughs> anyways, the first question on our argument topic is yeah. being short. Being really short is better than being really tall. <laughs> yeah. I wonder who picked that one. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, it's not. Disagree. Being like averagely short is better than what being is really averagely tall? short? Okay, yeah. what are we considering to be tall versus short? What's the marker? For, mm. And we're talking about with for men here, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, for men, because that's what we are. Not because we have anything. We have nothing against nothing against we women. Can, we should talk about what we know. That's why. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so what do you know? What do I know? <laughs> I think being short. What's the average male in North America? Like five ten? I bet you it's like five seven or five eight. Holy no, smoke. it's not that I. You think I'm average? You're five seven in a lot of ways. Yeah. 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 Oh, I thought you were like. You thought I was five five? No, I wasn't gonna say that. I was gonna say like five six or five. Okay, six. so let's say, just to make it easier, let's say like short is under five six and tall is over six. Over eight. like six four. And in between is just like no man's land. My argument for being short all comes from Instagram, though. So. The good what? thing about being short is if everybody else is tall around you, you look better to them because they have a better angle looking at you. This is, yeah. While every tall person looks a little ugly. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably true. Like, I'm sure it's not black and white. Like, there's a there's a, there's a pro for being short and then the rest of them are cons and then <laughs> being tall. They're mostly just, but, like, are, if we're talking, like, overall... You can get in any door. <laughs> you don't have tall. to worry about except, ever bumping your except head. Except if the door is to a kiddie ride yeah. at Disneyland. Okay, <laughs> yes. You're like, don't meet the height requirement. But if you're tall, you everybody can see you from, like, in a crowd, right? Yeah. yeah why you're easy you, to why find. Why would you want that? That's good. Because, yeah, like, found. What? imagine there's, like, a swarm of people and, like, your family's trying to find you or something. Or, yeah, like, you're, you're like, traveling. Dodging in between legs because uh, you're... Yeah. Like, survive. I, 
There's more of you to step on. I if you're don't on know, the man. I don't like. I'm six foot. Like I pushing six three. I feel like I'm on the backside of shrinking now. <laughs> I feel like I was up to six three. Now I just put six two on things because I think I got to like six two and three quarter. I was like, I'm six three, and then it's like next time I measure it's six two and a half. I was like, I think I'm just six two now. Yeah. I don't. I can't recall one time in my life where I was like, I wish I was shorter. Oh, <laughs> that's fair. But have that's you ever fair. wished you were taller? I've never wished I was taller. Really? Never. I'm like five. I'm like five seven. You have to start putting things on taller shelves. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, that's the thing. It's easy for me to get taller. I can just we can duck. Can you? I can duck. What? Yeah. I can bend my knees. But I like can for really tall people, my hips. for really tall <laughs> people, isn't that a problem? Where if like, so like I when you put stuff on the the high highest spots, you don't tend to put stuff really low. Like I wouldn't want to be like abnormally tall yeah. like if you were like i wouldn't want like yao unless Ming. i'm playing in the nba like yeah, I, don't, I don't want to be seven three <laughs> unless it's like gonna make me money through playing basketball then okay but i don't want it to be an average dude at seven three and having to duck through doorways then i agree sure i'd rather be a little bit shorter but still not five three like yeah. goodness have some self-respect if you're <laughs> under five feet you get to have a handicap placard. You could park forget it right at the front. <laughs> it is true. That is not if a true thing. If you're under five feet. Look it up. You okay. tell me. So then you just answered your own question there. If they consider being too short a disability, uh, then but when you're too, I think. Like, uh, who's that? There was that giant in Saskatchewan. He died really young because he was too tall. Who, the giant from Willowbunch? The yeah. Willowbunch giant? Yeah. Andre, I think he was only 26. Whatever his name was. Yeah. He pretty close to home. I saw his, his statue is is awful looking it's it's <laughs> i hope yeah, he didn't no. see i told you first time tall people that. are ugly yeah that's <laughs> <laughs> true maybe that's the reason what's the next one let's try okay what's one. the next one tap good though tap I'm water checking you bryce that's a lie uh, is it is height a qualifying condition for a disabled parking permit no it is oh. not. you can't just come on here and make shit up for i your can actually <laughs> I did actually. <laughs> That's good. That's what we usually do. That's what so. Google's for. So. Uh, now we have like someone who can do it all the yeah. time. Yeah, we could until fact we checker. got a fact checker. <laughs> uh, tap water is just as good as bottled water. Nope. Yeah, nope. I mean, in, in taste, like just or like good for you. What do they say? How do you even say? I'd say I qualify it as taste. Taste, taste wise. Yeah. Let's go with taste. I think tap water is just fine. Where do you? I will like drink tap water. I, yeah. I think it's just fine too. But don't you find it weird when you go to a different city that you're not from and it water tastes weird to you? Just because tap water from every place comes from different sources, whereas bottled yeah. waters consistently tastes like nothing. Consistent, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So why would bottled water just tastes wrong? You know, I like, think bottled yeah, water just doesn't so taste like he, anything. You know what? I, I agree that it's probably 100 percent mental, but bottled water to me, the reason why I like it more is because it's. It's always going to be cold. Mm. I don't I don't drink mm. warm bottled water, but yet yeah. tap water is always warm. Right. Or like mildly cool. Yeah. Right. I agree. I agree. And and when I think of bottled water, I think of like cold refreshing bottle of water cold and that's what tips the scale for me. When I think of bottled water, I think of like the bottle of water that's been sitting in my car for like a month. <laughs> In oh the yeah, sun. that's not the one that, that you'll grab when you're really thirsty yeah, and yeah. you open it up. It's like tea. It's so yeah. hot. So I'm a big ice guy. Like I want my drinks oh. cold. We just talked about this. You brought a bottle of Coke yeah. in. I was like, oh, this is perfect because that had a had an iceberg in it. Do you have an ice maker? Yeah, in like built into my fridge. Yeah, oh, yeah. we ice. bought we bought my daughter for Christmas last year an ice maker because she <laughs> likes ice ice so much. <laughs> I'd, I'd Only that, your yeah. daughter would be like, "Yep, that's what yeah. I want." She's like, "That's what I want," and then she just like she's like, "I want a snack," and she goes and gets ice. But yeah. good for her though. That's like ice and drinks is is key. My wife we make so much anti now. 
ice and drinks. Shut she up. She really? hates it. Unless it's going to be like a super warm drink, then she'll take a few cubes reluctantly. Yeah. But she's like, it's too cold in the teeth. And I was like, then then Muppet your teeth. With your lip over Use your teeth. Use a straw. She's yeah. like, you don't do that. I was like, well, I, I kind of do. Like, I don't go into it like, eh, like, yeah. <laughs> I'm not smiling when I'm drinking. Like, just dip my teeth into ice yeah. cold water. <laughs> like, come on. Come on. Think about it before you take that sip. Yeah. And then it's just fine. I mean, I, I don't blame her, though. If you guys have seen any of those, like, ice makers in certain, like, fast food restaurants and, like, some restaurants. Oh, it's that the germ thing? It's like, I don't like ice from fast food restaurants because it's like how often do they actually clean it and right. i've seen what dirty ice makers look like yeah, yeah they're fair gross. but when you go to NW and they refute they don't have ice makers they don't put ice in their drinks yeah that's a piss off if you're it's like in the store if you're in the store they freeze their mugs yeah they frost yeah. the mud but like Gr- perfect okay yeah. that's a solution but when you're in the drive-thru they don't they frost my car wax cup <laughs> yeah and put your drink in. You're like, this is such shit. And don't get me started on paper straws. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the worst. Oh, Go do one more card. We'll do one more. Paper straws. Y- yeah. Yeah. That's the paper dumbest thing. Paper slurpee straws are terrible. Paper I had straws poke through plastic lids. <laughs> like, come on. If you're going to make some paper, make it the lid. Okay. Here's the last one. It's okay to have the air conditioning on and the windows open in the car. If you want your gas mileage <laughs> to be shit. I mean. See? Some people, I like it. I prefer. Like, I think it's okay. Because, like. do anything, though? Well, when I open the window, it's not for. I'm not trying to cool myself down. Yeah. I was going to say. I it's feel like, like. It's an effect thing. Right. It's like. It's. Ambiance. That's, that's the poor man's. <laughs> that's the poor man's convertible, right? right exactly. The right? Down. I agree. I like it. Because it's like. Then you can hear the outside. And you get a little breeze and whatever. But it's not to cool me off, necessarily. So, yeah. Maybe I'm still pumping the AC. Mythbusters. Disproved that running the air conditioner in your vehicle actually affects your gas mileage whatsoever. Oh, there you go. Fact checking the fact checker. Yeah, they've, yeah, see? <laughs> see? They also disproved the idea that having your tailgate up in a truck reduces your gas mileage. Mm. I think they disproved that one. They did the thing for sure. I, I believe what they found out was that they disproved it. Mm. But the air conditioner thing was real. They were like, there's no difference, turns out. So mm. well, feel yeah. free to blast away. But that's because it's not like. It's not like temperature control. It's not like in your house where, like, the air conditioner only turns on at 21 degrees to get your house to 21 degrees, right? You just turn the air conditioner on max. Yeah. I just thought it was because it had to kick on the compressor in your car so it would, like, use up more. Oh. What does your house get for fuel mileage? (laughs) Pretty good, actually. (laughs) Is it pretty good? I don't actually have to spend any fuel on my house. (laughs) That's good. That's good. I just want one more question then about that. Sure. Are you the type of people that like to, like... Who's you people? You and <laughs> Kyler. <laughs> Who are you use, calling you people? Use people. Um, are, are you, like, all on or all off with the uh, fans? Oh, or yeah. are you, like, you'll do the gradual thing? Oh, nope. Ugh. I said it, like, I hate third. that. Like Piss around. Get in, or <laughs> get in or get out. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a man of extremes. I've had this conversation with people in my vehicle before. There's no, like, you might as well eliminate the whole middle range of my <laughs> in my vehicle. If I'm hot, I'm going full blast AC till I'm not hot anymore. And if I'm cold, it's full blast heat. So there's how no, do you like, even control that? Yeah, don't you get headaches? By turning it on and off. Yeah, I do get headaches. <laughs> not in my vehicle, though. <laughs> like, when, when the cold air is blowing right on your face, like, I get such a bad headache. Like, I can never crank it, Max. I love so that. You, I will, like... You want to know as cold as possible. Where else I'm an all in or all out guy? And this, this comes up with my wife again. Uh, the, <laughs> <Whoa>. the, 
It's not that type of podcast. <laughs> so however big of a bite I put on my fork is what's going in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> So if you, if you twirl matter. too much spaghetti, it's right. over. It's it, like there's no going back. <laughs> if you miscalculate, that's your problem now. <laughs> so do you use small utensils then? No. Just to, no, no, no. no. <laughs> but where this comes up is my wife. I've never seen her take a full bite of ice cream off a spoon in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Ever. Ever. It doesn't matter. How much I put on there, when I oh give it to her, God. she will top lip drag half the ice cream <laughs> off the spoon every time. That's like the soup thing, right? I guess. Like, are you the type of person that, like, drags your teeth across the soup spoon? <laughs> no, I'm, not dragging, I'm not a tooth dragger. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to clean the spoon off all the way. And what, what drives me nuts is when you go to somewhere that has disposable cutlery that has, like, too deep of a spoon that you can't even get. Your, like, who oh, made those? Yeah, right. Where you I can't even get your spoons. lip in. Like, yeah, and clean the spoon off. It's like a forced <laughs> partial bite. That's, like, those type of businesses should go out of business. Whoa. But anyway, my wife, it's like, and she's like, well, because it's cold in the teeth. It's like, yeah, but I gave you a, <coughs> so I gave you, yeah. I gave you the equivalent of a, a full tablespoon in the last bite. You dragged off half of it. So this time I scoot you half of a tablespoon. And you dragged up half of that. <laughs> what is your ideal bite size? Her ideal bite size is just half of what's on the spoon. <laughs> Which makes no sense. Clean the spoon or fork off in one bite. There's no going back. If you're not going to have it all, leave it in the bowl. <laughs> right? Tell me I have an argument here. I think you have an argument here. Perfect. In today's episode. Okay. Let's just end it here. That was fun. That was good. <laughs> Uh, today's episode, we're talking about uh, what did we end up with? 15 things. Brought to you by plastic retainers for your <laughs> Shane's wife so she can eat the whole spoon. <laughs> uh, we sh- she should just eat with straws from now on. Yeah, exactly. There's no, you can't. 15 things contractors should do that they're afraid to do. Yeah. Wusses. <laughs> <laughs> like eating the whole spaghetti exactly. off the fork. Just take it. You took it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, how does, she, how does she eat sushi? She doesn't, apparently. Yeah, who th- does she take half bites of sushi? Yeah, yeah I think she that's might. A oh my god, that's a problem. Do you not? You do you not? F- like you just you cram it you in your full mouth. piece, yeah. face sushi. Like <laughs> that's there's the only one way. Thing goes in your mouth. You can't bite you it. Can't bite it in a mess. Because then how are you gonna pick it up afterwards? It falls apart. You right. compromise the structural integrity of the sushi. Exactly. Structural integrity. Structural sushi. integrity. Nobody considers structure in sushi. Yeah. <laughs> but Not when they're eating it. But that's what the seaweed drop is there for. It's yeah. to hold it all together. You bite that in half, you got nothing, kids. Yeah. Number one. So don't be scared. <laughs> don't be scared <laughs> to take a full bite. Doesn't matter how tall you are. Take Doesn't matter bite. how tall you are. Take, take a full bite. It's funny they don't make smaller mouth sushi. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like... Yeah, you'd think. It's so save co- save on cost. Right? You probably like charge the same amount. Kids bite size or like under five foot six <laughs> size sushis. Yeah. <laughs> um, 15 things contractors should do that they're afraid to do. Number one, charge for estimates. Charge for estimates. This I feel like th- we are a broken record on this one. Yeah, we are. I feel bad even saying it again. But here it is. Uh, so I don't. What most most contracting operations are doing now, f- the ones that are charging, is they're charging to do a full consultation. Like if the cu- if the client's expecting you to come to their house, spend time with them, teach them things, talk through the project, go back, 
figure out a quote for them, potentially do a drawing, potentially do a rendering, potentially do a full takeoff, mm-hmm. price up materials, put together a proposal, deliver it back, follow up. If they're expecting all of that, that's, that's a lot guys, of things. It is a lot. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of things. A lot of, um, I don't want to say guys, but a lot of people that are contractors are starting to clue into being like, that's a significant sunk cost for me yeah. that we're not recouping. And we're doing these over and over and over again. And our, our close rate is 15%, which yeah. is respectable. But what happens with the 85 you're not getting? How much time are you spending those 85% that you're not getting? A lot of time. Are you tracking that too, right? Like that's the other thing. If you were to track that, if, you're, if, you, if you want um, concrete proof that you're losing money by not charging for estimates, track how many estimates you do and the amount of time you put into each of them and then put that against your profit at the end of the year. Give right. yourself an hourly wage for that. Turns out you're making $4 an hour. Exactly. Uh, <clears throat> so charge for those full consultations. If you want to give ballpark quotes, that's a different story. If somebody wants to phone and be like, hey, how much for my deck? And if you can get enough information from them on that phone call to be like, oh, okay, well, it's, it's 380 square feet and there's a set of stairs this big, you can safely say this is going to be $32,000 roughly or 30,000 give or take. As long as you are communicating thoroughly that this is a ballpark. It's not what it's going to be. That will be different depending on their, fin- their, their finishings, what they select for materials, depending on the style or the level of finished detail they might want, mm-hmm. depending on what the permit in their jurisdiction is going to cost, depending on a wild number of factors, yep. it can change. Mm-hmm. But at least you're giving them a ballpark to wrap their head around. It might be 36. It might be 28. But give them a ballpark, that's fine. We're not saying charge for that. Right. But, again, if they're expecting you to, to invest six hours of your time into helping them to the point of giving them an accurate quote, do you think you should, then you should be recouping some of your time. Do you think you should even do those ballpark quotes, though? Like they're that, tricky. That's the question to me. Yes, like, I do, if you think you can be accurate with them. Because if you can't be at least like reasonably accurate with them, then you're just going to get yourself in trouble. Mm-hmm. The, and the, the reason I say communicate it over communicate it is because people will hear what they want to hear. And if you told them 30 on the phone and then you deliver a quote and it's 34, almost guaranteed they're going to say, but you said 30. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, yeah, but I also said that was a ballpark and it could vary up to 25% or whatever, you, however you want to word it. Mm-hmm. But maybe even when you deliver that quote, maybe you should deliver it in like even in an email or in writing or something to say like, this is a ballpark. Please understand this. Here's the reasons why this might change or whatever, like yep. cover your butt a little bit, but yep. um, anyway, so I don't think like that's what a lot of people are doing now. They're, they're giving you a free a ballpark based on information you can provide over the phone. But if it needs to go beyond that, where there's a bunch of time invested into doing that consultation and providing that uh, detailed quote, then they're charging an upfront fee for that. And many of them that are then, offering to apply that as a deposit against the project if you do go ahead with them. So they're going to charge maybe 100 bucks, 200 bucks, whatever yeah. the number is, 400 bucks, whatever you you pick the number that works for you. Um and if that customer says, "Yeah, I'll go ahead with it." It's like, "Sounds good. I'll apply your $400 against what your total bill is going to be at the end." And so that's an easy way to kind of bypass some hesitancy mm-hmm. in that. Mm-hmm. Like they don't feel like they're you know, many people are just fine with paying it. They understand it. They understand your time is valuable. They want a legit quote. They're not just kicking tires. But the reason for doing this is to avoid the ones that are kicking tires and wasting your time. They have no intention of actually even building a deck right. this year. They're just trying to feel out what this is going to be. Mm-hmm. Or they're going to take you all the work you've put into it and go to somebody else and find them to try to do it cheaper using all the work and time you spent. So this just helps to weed out 
you know, you're all of a sudden your close rate goes from 15 to 90 because you're only talking to the people who value your time and are ready to actually build. Mm-hmm. So it's scary. They're afraid to do it. Cause it's like, well, then my calls are going to go from 40 a week to 10 a week. Yeah, they might. Yep. But you're still going to win nine jobs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Either exactly. way. So yeah, it's I mean, not that scary. I mean, I might argue that maybe you should only do charged estimates. Like just be pretty strict on it because that's the type of client that everybody wants. And so why entertain the person that just wants a ballpark quote? Sure. It's just, it doesn't hurt to, it doesn't cost you anything to say it over the phone if they want, no, right? And it if doesn't. They, yeah. So we, uh, yeah, up to you if you want, but the, the whole like giving away your time for free is what we're after here. Yeah. Like don't be afraid to start doing that because yeah. it is scary. People are afraid they're going to lose business. You're not. You're not. Anybody who's ever done it has never lost business and they've all come back saying, this is the best thing I ever did. I have so much more time now. Mm-hmm. I'm as busy as I ever was, if not more. The projects I'm getting are bigger, better projects. I'm just lose. I'm just not having to deal with all the tire kicking the people that were wasting time before. So exactly, there you go. Number two, trusting your people. So trusting your crew and getting off the tools yourself. It's a hard transition to make for a guy who or a gal who started out themselves was always mm-hmm. like on hand to control their quality. They want to make sure that everything is done perfectly into their standard, and it's hard to pass that trust over to somebody else. However, if you ever want to have the ability to scale your business, you have to at some point get off being the hands-on person all the time. Oh yeah, for and sure. And so uh, it's it's scary for a couple of reasons. One, you you don't feel like you can trust somebody to hold up your standard of quality, and two, it's scary to bring on a full-time employee and pay them when you're not used to paying somebody good money right. to do that project because you always did it yourself. Mm-hmm. You made that money. Yep. And when you go to do this, you have to you have to find somebody and pay them before you reap the benefits of having <laughs> yeah. yourself off the tools. So it's like, oh boy, I hope the money comes some point. So it is scary. It's very scary. For a couple of reasons. So. But in the end, I think that one's worth it quite a bit because then you're not working in the business anymore. You're actually working on the business. Right. It's and a business now. And that's when the true growth is going to happen. Yeah. You're not going to grow. like, And this is not, we're not saying you have to do this. If you want to stay a single crew and you want to be on the tools and that's your passion, that's what mm-hmm. you enjoy, whatever else, and it's working, you're making a good living, then fine, do that. Just saying if you if you want to grow beyond that, you have to do this step. Or, regardless I, mean, I mean, the other thing you can do, though, is you could hire someone to do the other stuff, to do the business part. Sure. Yeah, you could You could it's get tougher. There, yeah. It's you much tougher. Skipping ahead to number three here almost, but, Sorry. But, but you still can't scale to multiple crews then if you want to do that. If you still want to be, at some point, if you want to go to multiple crews and be doubling the income and tripling the mm. income okay. by having, you know, congruent crews working on projects at the same time, then at some point you, you can't be on all the job sites. You have right. to eventually at some point put your trust into somebody else to be the craftsman on those job sites. Yeah. So it just comes down to like choosing the right people and, and making sure they're trained and making sure ex- your expectations are clear and this can all work. Number three is hiring those extra people. Hiring extra people. So we had, we'd put down like a f- number one, the number one person I'd look for is a bookkeeper, <laughs> <laughs> a bookkeeper, accountant, or a salesperson, but anybody who can do things more efficiently than you can do them right is somebody you should consider hiring right um if you want to be the guy in the tools building beautiful decks then you shouldn't be wasting your time trying to do books that you're not good at Mm -hmm. so you don't have to necessarily hire a bookkeeper on full-time there's plenty of subcontracted bookkeepers out there hire one yes it's scary yes they're going to charge you whatever they're charging you some you might get one for 20 bucks an hour you might 
get one for 30 bucks an hour. Regardless, what are you charging per hour? Right. hundred bucks an hour. Okay. So if you can go make a hundred bucks an hour while you're paying the bookkeeper 25 an hour, you're way further ahead than or just trying to do that work yourself, not making money. Build that into the cost for next year. Yeah. Just like charge $110 an hour. Yep. Right? Yep. But get those people. And if you're, not people. A, if you're not a good salesperson, which some guys just aren't, some guys are, they love that part of the process. Keep mm-hmm. it if you want. But if you are wanting to really scale the business again and you want to be on the tools and you want to be touching the, the projects and having in the final say and all that and you don't want to leave that part out, well, then hire somebody to do your sales for you then. And that way things are happening even when you're out there working, like you're not having to do your all your sales yeah. stuff in the middle of the night anymore and on the weekends. You can build, you can like have more manageable hours and then have somebody focused on all the sales and they'll do a better job than you. All of these things save you time. Right. <laughs> And it's not because they'll do, they won't do a better job than you because, because they're better at sales than you necessarily. They'll do it better than you because it's their full, that's all they're focused on. It's the one thing they For do. For the customer, yep. <laughs> they're going to be more available, more attentive, quicker to respond, quicker to get the quotes turned around, all that stuff because they're doing this not for the eight hours a day that they're there. Mm-hmm. And if you're the four hours at night when you're burnt out already. And if you're charging for estimates, then, then they're getting paid. Right. <laughs> that salesperson is getting paid. Covering your costs. Yeah. Yeah. Number four is specializing in decks only. Another scary thing that guys are scared to do mm-hmm. because they feel like the only way that they've kept their schedule full is by taking anything that comes to them. I can build. And so, yeah, it's like somebody wants a bathroom done. Uh, yeah, sounds good. Somebody wants a basement done. Uh-huh, sure. So just do decks. If you, ju- if you, if you don't enjoy doing those projects and it's not your bread and butter, and you struggle the most with those, and those ones probably aren't the most profitable for you, mm-hmm. switch to specializing in decks. This is another one where it's scary for a lot of guys to do, girls to do, and then once they do it, they look back and be like, man, I wish I would have done that sooner. Yeah. Absolutely don't regret it, regret it. But everybody's scared to do it first. It's for the like same reason do. as the charging. Yeah. They're like, it's going to result in less work. Not necessarily. Because there's a lot of people out there that would rather build a company that just does decks than general renovation companies. Mm-hmm. So if you're the deck guy, you're going to get some calls that your general renovation guy that, that you were before wasn't going to get to begin with. Well, they're not even going to find that guy. That's the other thing. Right. You have to think about finding that the general contractor guy because all his services, say, are general contracting services. Yeah. And how many other people are doing that too, right? Yeah, exactly. A ton. Yeah. If you choose that niche and you focus on it, you can rise to the top of that that niche category a lot easier than just getting lost in a sea of general handymen. Like yeah. Handy people. Mm. Handy, handy people? Handy, handy persons? Person, peoples. Number five, hiring a marketing company. Yeah. <clears throat> so this is one where most contractors that build decks are in it because they like building decks, not because they want to be spending time marketing, earning new leads or marketing or playing on social media, whatever. So... This is, it's kind of related to number three where it's like outsource the things that you don't do well or don't understand or can't be efficient with mm-hmm. to companies who do do those things well. And well, feels like a good time to plug ourselves and say that we're, <laughs> we're doing this I didn't now. want to push that too hard. <laughs> I was just going to like let it ride. So we, we do do that. like, we, we were contractors before. I was a bit of a different breed because I was more of a marketing guy in my background than like I didn't take trade at school. I took marketing at school. So this was right. already on, in my 
wheelhouse, I understood or whatever, but most of the contractors that walk through our doors or that we just know in the industry are not. They did go through a trade school potentially or they were raised in a construction environment or they got into it that way. They don't have that background in business necessarily mm-hmm. in marketing. So um, we've we've done our own social media and, and I think garnered a fairly decent reputation for it here. And now we have our Tuds Media team, which you guys are, mm-hmm. you guys are, Bryce, Kyler, and Jacob, that formed uh, our Tuds Media that's now doing all this stuff for contractors. So we're yep. like, we're in the industry. Mm-hmm. You guys have learned all about the products and how to market these different, uh, like this industry specifically. Um, and we're handling all sorts of things from web design to search engine optimization to social media content management to strategy to everything that you need to kind of like earn new leads. Um, and it's not just us. It might be a local company you can work with as well. Yeah, but If exactly. you want to work with us, Shoot yeah. us a message because we're available to do it. All of this stuff can be done from from afar. Yes. Like we're working with guys in the States. We don't have to be on site all the time. We can do a lot of this management stuff from afar. It doesn't matter. Sometimes it's nice to be on site to get some pictures, but maybe yeah. you can do that. Video and stuff, you will probably sure. need to be on site. But yeah. I mean, some 98% of it, of it is. Some of it would be required. Sometimes we can just get the content from you or have somebody else shoot the content there and mm-hmm. send it up. Or we can come down or whatever. Like yeah. Depending... We can work with all budgets. So, and so can any marketing company. You can, you can carve out and have them do the services that you might need them to do. Yeah. And there's like, you don't have to like take it all at once either. Yeah. Start small. But if you're looking for uh, some badass mother, (laughs) (laughs) you want to handle your stuff. Well, I, I don't know. I think you guys are pretty badass. Thanks, man. Number six, capture your overhead in your price. I, yeah, I don't know. This is some, something that they're afraid to do. I think it's more something they don't understand. Or they're, they're, uh, ignorant to not ignorant as in like they're, they're ignorant people that they're ignorant that they're not aware of it. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to think of sometimes, but I mean, it goes along with like charging for your estimates, like charge what you're worth because what, what's happening is you're forgetting parts of your business that you're not charging for. hundred percent early on when guys are starting out and girls are starting out and they, you know, if they're, if they're not well-versed in business, they can tend to walk into this thing and be like, well, what do I want to make an hour? Well, I'd like to make 30 bucks an hour. So they charge 30 bucks an hour. Yeah, <laughs> right. They haven't left anything in there for the cost of running their business or a profit on top. Well, you're not making 30 bucks an hour at that right. point. Not even close. Nope, and not so even close. The first step is to make sure you have the overhead captured in there. What does it cost to run your business? What does it cost to fuel your truck? What does it cost? Did you buy a trailer? What is the cost of running that trailer? What's mm-hmm. the cost of your computer? What's the cost of running that? Are you leasing space out of your house? Are you leasing space out of an office? Do you have employees? Do you have like all these insurances and all this stuff is like carves into the money you're making heavily. Mm-hmm. You need to make sure you're charging above and beyond to capture the overhead in your price or else you're out of business in like two years tops. Yeah. I mean, like you can only float that for so long and pretend it's not there. But like, and you don't have to show the customer this though. You just have to build this into your price. Yeah, they don't but necessarily it, need to see the breakdown. You don't need to say like, "This is this is what I pay for my water. Over, this yeah. is what <laughs> I pay for <laughs> my gas. Yeah, water fee, fuel." But we it were talking about five this earlier minutes today. to walk from the truck to the house. So I'm going to charge you for that. We were talking about this earlier today about different businesses that that do break down all these fees, and it just it feels scammy. We were talking about car dealerships. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like you want to buy a new car. And it's like cars, fifty thousand dollars. Sounds good. You sit down. And it's like here's the. Here's the final price, 63. And it's like, how? how? I, know, I get that the yeah. taxes brought that to 50, whatever, but how did we get the rest away? Well, there's an administration fee and there's a dealer fee and there's this a fuel surcharge and an air conditioning surcharge. and There's uh, a little bit of everything. Uh, yeah, and a 
uh, I don't know, whatever, transportation charge and like all these things. And it's like, geez, can you just put that in the price? Like, it, yeah, you, I feel like you're nickel and diamond with fees now. But for a business owner, it's definitely good to break it down for yourself. Yes, you need to understand. Put that it. into your, like somewhere into your cost as a line item. That's right. And number seven is don't be afraid of profit. A lot of people feel like profit's a dirty word. It's like, it's a capitalist word. Profit. Right? But you have to be able to make a profit. What are we doing this for? Sure, it's to, to scratch your itch and like live your passion kind of thing. But at the end of the day, you have to, you have to be able to make a living and you have to have a profit. What happens if you don't have profit and your business has a down year? Yeah. You have no rainy day fund if you don't have a profit. Well, your business doesn't survive, right? Right. The business goes out. What happens? You might survive. What happens when you need to, like, what if you didn't calculate into your overhead that you need to replace a trailer or add a second crew Mm -hmm. or something? Well, Mm -hmm. that's like some things are going to have to come out of your profit. So don't be afraid to add a profit onto that as well. So those are two back to add add a profit. Like, that's the other thing. Like, take what you normally charge and and throw a profit line on there and be like 20%. Yep. Because all that stuff that you calculated, that's just costs of running the business, including paying yourself. Yep. And if you run into customers who are going to have an issue with you making a profit, <laughs> right? Uh, start charging for your estimates, and, yeah. and those <laughs> ones won't call you anymore. Yeah, exactly. Shouldn't it shouldn't be a dirty word? No. If you're making gross profits, <laughs> if you're like you were in the job, and then it's like you're supposed to start tomorrow, but ah, you took off to the Maldives for <laughs> it's like whatever. You're just like flaunting it all the place. You right. whip up there with Lamborghinis pulling trailers. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, you're a little excessive, but. Um, don't be afraid to make a bit of profit. Whatever yeah, that'd, you be a, make. that'd be a dope work truck. Imagine <laughs> if you could pull a trailer with the Lamborghini. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't there's, say it can't be done. There's no trunk space, so I had to just pull this trailer around with yeah. me. You have an idea how hard it is to put a table saw in a Lamborghini? <laughs> uh, number eight. This one's going to be controversial. Break down your price for your customer. So uh, I don't, I don't believe that you need to break it down to line item pricing for your customer, but what I s- always find interesting is that there seems to be this brotherhood, sisterhood of contractors where it's like if a customer ever inquires about what's included in that price or a breakdown of the price that they all just be like, red flag, red flag. <laughs> the price to do it is this and the price to not zero. So yeah. your choice, I ain't breaking down shit. And that's that seems to be the attitude that people have. Why are they asking for a breakdown of the price? We might think there certainly is the scenario yep. where they're being super noisy and they're about to try to nickel and dime you down, and that's why they're asking for it. If I that's saw your the guy sleeping here, so yeah. can't pay that. If that's the vibe you're getting from them, is that they're doing it to be cheap and to screw you out of it? Then fine, run. Uh, you should run. But mm. maybe they just don't understand the scope of the work that's being included. Maybe they don't understand. Maybe they're looking to save money somewhere, and they would like to know what they can take out of the project to meet their own budget. Mm-hmm. But if you give them a lump sum, they're like, well, I don't know if we, maybe we take out the, maybe we don't do the stair style that way. How maybe we take to, the lights yeah. out for now. Maybe I don't do the kitchen, but without knowing how it's broken down, they maybe that's all they're asking for. Right. So I, I'm not saying you even have to do it. I'm saying, don't be afraid of the question. If somebody pushes back, not pushes back, but some customer asks for you to, to kind of break down what's included. Um, Cool your jets a little bit cool. and think about what they're asking and yeah. trying to try to solve the problem without just going and getting your defenses up right away and be like, oh, this guy is just trying to screw me. A little bit of breakdown, though, I think is where you need to be. I think like a you little bit of breakdown. In the middle. Uh, yeah, exactly. I think a little bit of breakdown can like avoid right the situation the altogether. Labor, materials, 
extras. Here's what, something like here's that. Here's what the kitchen net area is that. going to cost. Yeah. Here's what the lighting package is. Here's what the whatever. If you just break it down to like a somewhat high level breakdown, at least they can understand roughly where the money's going. Not enough to like be trying to like nickel and dime here or do it themselves mm-hmm. or whatever they're trying to do. But at least they know like, you know what, the budget's not there. The lighting package looks like it's worth four grand. Let's cut that for now. We'll do that later. Right. Maybe that's all they're after. Yeah. So don't be afraid of the question. Number nine, take time off for you and your family. Especially during the season. Yeah. We are winding down. Yeah. No, we're not. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it it is August 26th. I mean, that's the problem with having a birthday in August. It's like basically spring. And (laughs) basically spring. Our kids are going back to school (laughs) next week. You know what, though? I agree with you that as far as dates go and norms, that this is the back half of summer. And it, it is where down. we it could snow. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> <laughs> this year, this does not feel like late summer right now. No, it's pretty hot. It out. feels like middle of summer. The weather's good now. It was such a late start to the spring. This like we're we're busier now than we were in the spring. Yep. It just feels like the whole season kind of shifted back a little bit. Mm-hmm. I had heard on the when I was up in Saskatoon on the radio there, they were saying that the, the the forecast for September was looking like hot and good. I was like, you know what? We're just having a late summer this year. Yep. So the date is late, yep, but the season itself, it feels young. It feels, feels young. young. <laughs> at least middle-aged. It's young at heart. <laughs> um, but take time off. And so we are talking about the middle of the season. And it's hard for contractors to want to do that because in their head if they ain't working they're losing money right and so it's like oh i can't take time off in my busy season yep i was guilty of this even when i was working here i was guilty of this for mm-hmm. the first number of years i never mm-hmm. took a vacation mm-hmm. in the summer for probably five or six years working at the store because i was afraid to wade gone all the time <laughs> i mean he's not even here now <laughs> like i can't even show up for one podcast right uh, and I've gotten, well, I've gotten to the point now cause I feel comfortable that we have the people in place. That's why I feel comfortable now. Yeah. I didn't feel comfortable before cause I was still the, if we, if one person was gone, customer experience was impacted. Mm-hmm. It's like now we were shorthanded. Now we have a team where it's like the day to day operations are fine whether I'm here or not. I don't need to be here. If I'm gone for a vacation, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's, that's a different story. But even if that's not the case, you need to be able to carve some time in, schedule it in. In the yep. middle of summer, maybe you need a week off to go recharge your batteries, make sure your you know your wife and kids aren't being neglected. Mm-hmm. Um, your your people might need if you guys are going hard all summer and it's hot as hell and you're putting in 40, 50, 60 hours a week. Yep. A uh, break in the middle is probably not a bad thing. You might come back and be more productive. Right. You might not lose out on as much as you thought. Yep. But certainly the spirits and the culture will be a little bit better if you do um, it's allow so, yourselves to take that break. And so you work an extra week into the fall or the winter before you usually sure. take time off. Yeah. It's like, oh, well. Yeah. But even some... It's going to be nicer some than people will go to work. Some people go seven days a week. Yeah, that's crazy. Because it's like it's summer and make hay while the sun shines. Yeah, well, maybe you should take weekends for yourself. Yeah. Or at least a weekend day. Eh? Something. Something. <laughs> Claw back something. Don't be afraid of it. Number 10. Same thing. Schedule, well, not same thing, this but was same, only same ten, fear. This was only 10 points. I just want to note that when we started this you podcast, it was only minutes, 10 points, fine. and then I left. Now it's 14. No, no. You were here for the whole time. We <laughs> sat down. We had 15. You left because you're having phone not answering Phone issues. not answering issues. <laughs> Number 10, schedule admin days slash non-billable days. So this is another thing that. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for the, the same fear as number nine is like, if I ain't out in the field building stuff, I'm not making money. This is how you make sure. 
But if you ain't taking these days to do your admin stuff and your estimates and your all your other stuff, then you're doing that in the middle of the bloody night yeah. or on the weekend when you're supposed to be spending time with your family and you're working too much. You're losing so, money, really. Probably. So take those, take a day off, schedule it in to, to catch up on that stuff frequently. Don't leave it all till the very end of the year and then try to catch up all your books and catch up all your stuff at the end of the year and whatever. It's good to take these time this time if you don't have a person for it to I take mean, that time for yourself. And it's a good it. day, a good day for you to do like consultations and you know, like go get go do some of those quotes relaxed rather than yeah, yeah, all bent up after a work day. Yeah, and it just helps you to stay on top of the business. As you're, as things are happening, not mm-hmm. just not learning at the end. It's like, oh shit, I've been losing money all year. <laughs> Would have been nice to know that <laughs> on the Friday after I started. So, uh, number 11, hire a business coach or a consultant. So this is a, this is a tough one. I think this is a tough one. It's a scary thing to do. Um, the reason I say is because we said before that a lot of contractors aren't, aren't well-versed on the business side of things. And this is also a scary thing to do because sometimes they can be expensive. But if you get out of it what you're supposed to get out of it, you will benefit forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. You spend that money once or twice or maybe over a prolonged period of time, whatever. But then your business is w- more well-run and more profitable and everything for the for the rest of its existence yep. because you invested in it for a year. To one teach time. a man how to fish then, right? Teach a man right. how to fish. Exactly. Yeah, but it's a scary thing to do because you're like, oh, if I hire a business coach then I'm going to have to pay them thousands of dollars and, and then I have to take time off. It's What's like the <laughs> ROI on it, couple, right? Like a yeah. couple of fears. Yeah. You can't, you can't, you can't quantify say that. Say like, Oh, if I spend $12,000 on a business coach, then that's going to make me a hundred thousand dollars more. But you can't, you can't like, will it, will it make more? Yeah, you, you will. It's yeah. not quantifiable. Yeah. Um, but if you run a better business, you will, you will run a better business. You will run a better. <laughs> and, and the nice thing I think about business coaches too, is that, like, yeah, they're expensive, but they tend to keep you accountable. Yes, that's that's a big part of it too. Yep. Yeah, it's like, it's yeah, go ahead. If, if you, like, spend all that money on it, you're going to prove to yourself that, like, you're in it for the long haul, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So this is also something that we can offer as well through Ted's Media because we do – so we, a while back – uh, did this we went down the path of looking into hiring business coach or a business program and we in the end we d- we went talked one for a few in the times. end we didn't in the end we did so <laughs> strap number 11 but what we did do was decide that we could we could do this internally and get the system in place and learn it ourselves and implement ourselves and you, we kind of tasked you as being the business coach in yeah a way to learn yeah what we did was pay me to do it so if we if you don't like we had an internal resource that could be the business coach. If you don't have that, then you're going to need to hire somebody outside because mm-hmm. uh, it is a lot of time and effort to, to learn it and implement it and everything else. But now having been through it ourselves personally, it's, it's done, it's done amazing wonders. things for our business. And I can't imagine where we'd be at if we didn't do it. And we're just scratching the and surface. And we're just starting like yeah. still, right. We're not even a full year into it and it's, and it's awesome. But so from our past business experience and education and strategy and all that stuff that we already had, I believe could give value to people add in what we've learned over this last year through our system. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that now we're at a position where we could pass that along and effectively help others as well. So yep. if you're interested in that, Ted's media can help with you with that as well. Number 12, hire another crew. I know some guys personally, like guys that are, are clients of ours or customers or our contractors who struggle with this every year. They're like on the verge of right. Like they're so slammed themselves with a single crew that they're like, I should really try to do another crew. 
but they're not confident that they'll be able to keep that second crew as busy as they are now. It is tough. But you'll never know unless you <laughs> unless you do it. Yeah. And odds are if you are slant like if you're booking eight months out, okay, well then you probably end up booking two crews four months out. Like you still have a pretty good buffer if the, if it's that busy in your market mm-hmm. and and you're staying that busy and yep. the calls are coming in and you're having to turn down work and everything else. Well, that second crew is probably gonna be able to probably gonna be able to rock and roll. <laughs> so, oh yeah, for sure. Um, yes, it might. It, it is something like it's something you're afraid of because what if they're not? What if they're not busy? How do I pay those guys if there isn't jobs coming in? You charge for estimates. You should. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Refer to one through eleven. Um. But you just don't know until you do it, and then once you do it, then the work will come. If it's if it's if you're already that busy already, you will stock up that second crew. Yeah, I mean, they're increase your capacity and then fill it. Exactly. That's exactly and then, what it and is. And then maybe at the same time, you do need to hire that sales guy. Like maybe that's what needs to happen Man, to that's keep a, those two. That's crews. a big jump. <laughs> that's scary. It's a that's huge super jump. scary. It's a huge jump. But then you like with two crews now, you need somebody to organize the jobs too. Project right? manager. Project manager. Slash sales, slash whatever, like, and or yep. maybe that's you now. Maybe you have to get off the tools and, to make this move. But multiple crews does complicate things quite a bit. It's mm-hmm. not just keeping them busy, but there's a whole organizational aspect, a, a quality of work aspect that needs to be covered, and so on and so forth. Your overhead increases, you mm-hmm. cover that, but also does your your ability or your capacity to make profit also yeah increases. So. I feel like going from one crew to two crew is a big jump, and two crews to three crews is less of a jump, and three to four. It gets less because you technically have to find less, right? Yes. Like you're doubling the amount of jobs you have to find in the beginning, sure. but then you're not. Well, and you can amortize those additional overhead costs of the people you need to hire to even organize. So if you end up hiring a project manager or a salesperson or something to do the two crews, that same person can probably manage the third crew as well. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden your, your costs are, are like kind of distributed a little bit more amongst the crews. It's a so. little softer. Right. Number 13 is... Uh, say no to customers. Yeah. Screw you, customer. <laughs> it's pretty... <laughs> it's we don't want your money. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? There's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of power in knowing you don't have to have their money. There's a lot of... Yeah. Powers... I don't know if power is the right word. I think you're right. I think it's yeah, power. There's a lot of leverage. Confidence. A lot of leverage in not having to win that job. Work with the people you want to work with. Yeah. This is just like a general thing of like, don't be afraid because so many people get caught up in like, I just have to say yes to everything the customer wants because the customer's right and I need to do this and I can't afford to lose a job. I have I a mortgage, I got five kids. And whatever else. But if the customer is doing things that are not sitting well with you and they're making requests that are not reasonable, it's okay to say no. Yep. And if you have a bad vibe about a customer, it's okay to say no and not take a job. Bad vibes. So uh, if there's ever like... I've, I'm a big proponent of your trusting your gut. And if your gut's telling you something's off, like, has your gut ever failed you? No. Did you see all Except of that hot the sauce that I ate? Hot wings after that. It <laughs> but I, I don't remember times where, uh, well, I guess maybe you'd never know. But, like, every time that I have had a gut feel and not trusted it, it's burned me. Yeah. It's, it, it, intuition is a, is a sixth sense that is real. Mm-hmm. So trust it. Um, say no if it doesn't feel right. And that's okay. Yep. It's empowering to be able to say no. Yeah, for sure. Number 14, stick to your price. Um, for all the reasons above, you have a lot of costs you have to cover. Your overhead, your profit, 
Once you figured out your price, stick to it. Right. So for you to go out there and be like, and figure out what you need to charge to make all these things happen. And then some, so the business grows. Right. If you then are not, do not have the confidence to stick to what you've discovered, then what good have you done? Yeah. I need to charge $30,000 this job in order to pay myself, pay my staffers, pay my overhead, pay my profit, all these things. And then the customer's like, well, can you do it by 20 for 25? And you're like, sure. <laughs> well, well, what did you, what you, did you, you just do? You had five grand to just you give away? all your profit and a chunk of your overhead. Like you've lost money now. Like, yeah. So the customer didn't do all that effort and math to figure out what you needed to make on that job to do it. They just, they're just hunting for a bargain. Mm-hmm. Are you a bar- are you a bargain? No. Are you the giant tiger of deck builders? Oh. Are you the bargain shop, the dollar store, the dollar general? Man, could you could you imagine if you started a business, a deck building business, and you were like dollar decks, <laughs> dollar decks, <laughs> the dollar store of decks? So figure your price out. Have some confidence in it. Don't be afraid to say no to them requesting discounts. If they uh, if they don't go with you, that's okay. That is be, okay. There will that, be another one yeah. right after them. Do you That'd have be a rebuttal? Guy's problem. Yeah. Is there a yeah. rebuttal that you can make to them though? Like what what would you say if someone was like, "Can I get five grand off?" I would just say no. Would you just say no? You've I already don't know said that no. you feel like I don't know that you need to go in and defend and and have a huge rebuttal to it. If you feel the need to explain, like I would leave it pretty high level and just say, like, unfortunately, we you know we run a a reputable business here. We have our costs figured out on what we need to make every job. This has been figured out to be as competitive as we have to be mm-hmm. while still being able to run our business efficiently. Do you so I can't discount it anymore or else this is going to be a project that we're not going to enjoy doing nor right. make money on. And, and you if don't you want that either. If you need to get to that price, let's figure out something that sure. we can ax. Absolutely help them. Because yeah. if, the, if it's a budget issue that they just don't have the 30, they've only got the 25. Right. Okay, well, that's fine. But you have to make the concession, not me. If they this have is your deck, not my deck. If they have the 30, you should pitch to them that we'll give five grand a charity. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> but there's ways to maybe, if that's what they're after, is just reducing cost. Sure, you can do that. But not by discounting and giving things no. away for free. That's no. not Because then you're on a job that you, you even hate being on. Now you're disgruntled the entire time. You took a job you're not happy with. You're going to cut corners. And you're like, potentially. It's not going to go well. The rest is going to go crappy for no. you. No, you're going to feel like crap doing it. Uh, and final one, Bryce, oh. is to market yourself even when you're busy. Advertise when you're busy, when you're slow. Advertise, advertise, advertise. I think we have a little bit of a like bias towards advertising, but it does work. Sure, maybe I have a bias because I believe in it. <laughs> right, <laughs> And I exactly. think it's important. But I frequently see people say, no, I don't do any sort of advertising and marketing because I'm just busy from word of mouth. I only do word of mouth. And often what is actually happening is that they don't even understand that they're doing marketing and advertising. Right. Right. They already put a wrap on their trailer. Right. That's that's advertising. They have All a Facebook year. page and a website and they put up lawn signs mm-hmm. and they have a trailer wrapped and everything else. Like, no, no, you are. You yep. are advertising. You just don't consider it to be advertising. I don't know what you're talking about. But for the ones who literally are like f- trying to fly under the radar and just work solely off referrals. Fine. That works when the economy's hot and things are, are, are pumping. But when things slow down, where are you going to be when the word of mouth slows down because of projects slow down? Yep. 
Um, wouldn't you like to still be at the top of the game? Like future proof yourself. If there's 30 deck builders in your market because things are going well right now, and when things slow down and they're boom, 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 a recession hits or something, not that that would ever happen. Never. And all of a sudden those 30 turn into 10. Wouldn't you like to be one of the 10? Right, exactly. So it's important to still be top of mind and relevant when things get tight as well. Mm-hmm. Sure, you might be saying no to more jobs because you can't take more jobs. And I'm not suggesting you go out there and even s- throw a bunch of money into no into things when you're when you don't need the work right now. But you still have to maintain a brand and maintain an image and maintain communication and be visible, mm-hmm. regardless of how busy you are. Mm-hmm. All of that is still important. So. Don't just quit just because you're busy. Right. Don't quit. And But even when it's like, even during the off season, you should be advertising. Mm-hmm. Like before you think you're going to get jobs. Yes. Because that's and just going to prep the season for you. If you've built the reputation that, you know, 100% of your business comes in through word of mouth, that's great. Good for you. Yeah. However, is it wrong to, if you, if you earn more business or more reputation as a result of your efforts, Mm -hmm. that means you get to be more selective with those jobs potentially, or you get to charge more. Right. Or you get to add that second crew. Or like just because you've maxed out your current capacity in your current worldview, your current situation, does not mean there's not room for growth. Mm -hmm. But again, if you're somebody who's just completely happy with taking what comes to them and you only have one to be one crew and it doesn't matter if you do 100 jobs this year or, or six jobs this year, you're impartial to it then fine Mm -hmm. then don't do that but i think a lot of these things we talked about are kind of geared towards those businesses that want to grow right don't want to just kind of they're not just handymen doing things on the side and yeah if the money comes money comes and if it doesn't it doesn't most of these people want to grow the business well this is part of operating costs too like that's one thing that we didn't we didn't tie back into it it's not costing you money if you build it into your price during the season Right, you can amortize it across all of your jobs in the season, and you can pay for all of your advertising for the entire year. Yeah, no problem. The one thing I always it, the sign of a business that's about to go out of business is a business that cuts their advertising as a for a as a cost cutting measure. Yep, and you see it pretty frequently because. I don't know. Maybe they don't understand, or maybe they're not sure where else they can possibly save money. But when a business starts to get into trouble you often see them ax their advertising budget first. Mm-hmm. And you, like what? there's no logic in doing that. You're just shutting the blinds. Things are slow <laughs> and sales are down, so so quit advertising? Yeah. No, if anything, you need to like, if you have any capacity to increase it, that's like increase or change what you're doing or something, but don't quit. That's like locking the Lord. door. Yeah. <laughs> it's like there's a hole in the boat. Make it bigger. Yeah, exactly. Like, what do you... Yep. Okay. Yeah. So never wise, in my opinion. Um, mm, so mm, I was 15. Mm, mm. Tyler, was 15. What do you, you think? Yeah. Hey, makes sense. Is that a valuable episode? Yeah, I think so. Did you like all of those? Did. What did you think of number nine? What did you think of number nine? <laughs> I'll be honest, I don't remember which one was number take nine. Take time off for your family. <laughs> for you. I was just messing with you. I don't have to take time off. I take weekends. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's important. We've settled into pretty solid 40 hour work weeks here. Yeah, <laughs> taking time exactly. off. Sure. Uh, okay, well, that's it for this episode. I guess the next one's going to be 193, which puts us exactly seven weeks out from uh, 200. Yeah, we might have to more. delay, potentially. Maybe Depends. Some we have some ideas. So. Some fan dangling. Tech Expo's coming up. We're yeah, try to maybe we'd like, like to do it there. 
That'd be nice to do it at Deck Expo. Yeah, we'd really like to do it there. So if anybody wants us to come to Deck Expo, let us know. Yeah, yeah. right? We'd We're love open. to do podcasts with you, especially 200. Mm-hmm. 200. 200. Make sure to... With our improved... New and, new and improved. What does that mean, 200? Does that mean we're, we've done an episode a week for 200 weeks? 50, like <laughs> we're coming up on four years? 52 weeks. Yeah. There's yeah. been maybe a couple extra ones. No, but we never numbered those ones. We yeah. extra ones. No, the sponsored ones are never numbered. Holy smokes, hey? Yeah, four years. Yeah. You did the first year by yourself. I believe that I started in December, so it must be four years this December, probably, yeah. is what's happening. Wild, hey? Mm-hmm. Episode 200, four years. Let's do it. Okay, Bryce, why don't you hit that button? Let's get this show on the road. I'm uh, Tyler, but yeah. Bryce, <laughs> usually Bryce. It's not working. Bryce. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, thank you for listening to the Ultimate Deck Podcast. Now you know what we're about. Check the site, come and shop. UltimateDeckShop.com. Hit us right away for sponsorships. So tell us if you want to collaborate. Let's go. Check us out on any social networks. Thank you for listening.